Shalom, everyone. This is Rabbi Griffin coming to you on an audio podcast uh, using a new app. Prayerfully, this is going to work well for introducing a, a, few, a few thoughts um, from time to time anyway on particular topics. So just wanted to kind of chime in here because uh, last week during the drosh, I uh, made a, a statement uh, that seemed, at least I, I understand, it, it's caught some people off guard. Um, I don't think it, really anybody within our synagogue, but perhaps their friends or co-workers or who knows, uh, who knows who else. But the concept that I shared was that that the con- the idea of working for one's salvation, uh, which is kind of the kryptonite within the, the Christian religion, uh, is not exactly accurate. And of course, that uh, begs probably some explanation and also uh, causes some people to wonder if that's the case, then why do we need Messiah? So I just want to... Um, really focus in on the, on the last part of that question, uh, mostly. Um, but I, I do want to address the concept of, of working for one's salvation, because within the Christian religion, which I say with respect is quite foreign to the religion of Yeshua and the apostles and Judaism as a whole, let me just say that again, that Christianity as we know it today is, um, is very popular, uh, it's, it has a lot of great qualities to it. The, there's many uh, well-meaning and, and God-loving and God-fearing Christians in the world. But in terms of, a, of an actual theological system, in terms of, of a, a faith structure, it is quite foreign to uh, the, the faith of the Messiah, the apostles, and Judaism as a whole. And so we have to understand that. Within uh, Christianity, there is, there is a, a couple of straw men arguments uh, that have been propagated out there. First and foremost is the the idea that there is a dichotomy between grace uh, and works. That you either have grace or you have works, but you can't have two. I, I should say instead of works, I should probably use the term law. There's a there's a dichotomy between grace and law. You can have grace, so you can have the law, but you can't have both. And of course, that's not true at all. Uh, if it wasn't for God's grace, there wouldn't have been a law. Uh, there wouldn't there wouldn't be us. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you because there would be no universe. Hashem would have just destroyed us in the very beginning. Uh, it's a straw man argument. The other straw man argument is that, that it's uh, faith versus works. You can either have faith or you can have works, but you can't have both. And of course, that's uh, that's a straw man argument as well. Um, it's there's also an, an aspect to it that uh, there's a belief anyway that prior to Messiah. Um, uh, there is an, a concept that Jews worked for their salvation. And the reality is, is that that has never been true. That has never been true. Uh, it's not true now. It wasn't true in the first century. Now, is that to say that there aren't uh, sects of Jews or, or there were not sects of Jews that, that believed in such a, such a concept? No, certainly there, there probably was. There's probably someone on the on the fringes out there who uh, have that in their mind or that misunderstanding um, that they're working through. But the reality is, in terms of a religious uh, f- philosophy, uh, Judaism does not and has not ever believed that one can, quote, work for their salvation. That is completely made up 
uh, straw man theology uh, from Christianity that has no basis in reality or historical fact. So what happens is, is when somebody uh, hears a, a rabbi such as myself say that, hey, you know, working for your salvation, so to speak, is an aspect of, of the kingdom of God, it it's terrifies people because they've been taught that if you actually work and expect some type of heavenly merit from that effort, that, that you are negating uh, your, uh, your salvation that's based on faith, based on emuna and bitikon. Uh, but nothing could be further from the truth. And uh, I actually, this all came up because I quoted from Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 28. And, and people, uh, so apparently, I don't, I don't know, I didn't read any comments, but allegedly there were some people who just kind of said, what in the world? And so uh, whenever you're quoting the words of Messiah, whenever you're talking about truth, um, it can rub people the wrong way. But I just want to point out that I did not write the book of Luke, and I did not say these words. I'm simply reading them. So here is Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 28. It says, Now a certain Torah lawyer stood up to entrap Yeshua, saying, Teacher, what should I do to gain eternal life? Then Yeshua said to him, What has been written in the Torah? How do you read it? And he replied, You shall love Adonai, your God, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Yeshua said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. Now, in an older version of the Amplified Bible, it says this about do this, and you will live. It says, Do this, and you will enjoy active, blessed, endless life in the kingdom of God. Now, Yeshua does not qualify any of that statement. He doesn't follow it up and give any further details. He simply tells this man who's asking him, how do I inherit eternal life? How do I go to Shemayim? How do I inherit the uh, Olam Haba? And Yeshua tells him to follow the law. He does not say, believe in me. He does not say, well, you, you know, um, God so loved the world, etc. Now, does that negate that, those aspects of the truth? No. But the point, in fact, is, is that when, when Yeshua is asked about works, um, he gives the proper works to be done, which is the work of the law. Now, this is naturally going to beg the question, well, if this is the case, then why do we need the Messiah? Okay? Which is a, a very valid question. So I would take us all the way back to the book of Exodus in chapter 34, and I'm going to read to you from the comments regarding uh, this passage from the Art Scroll Chumash. Okay? So in Exodus chapter 34, we have the situation where uh, Israel has, <clears throat> instead of receiving the law, they danced around the golden calf. And as a result, according to uh, Midrashic literature, Israel lost all of its Garden of Eden, quote-unquote, status. Uh, prior to the golden calf, uh, post-redemption from Egypt, post-redemption being saved by the blood of the Lamb, uh, the angel of death had no power over Israel. Um, uh, we were on a spiritual high. We were e equal to the angels. I mean, it was just, uh, we were basically redeemed. And the sages say that had we accepted the Torah and had not danced around the golden calf, then the age of the Mashiach would have come and the world would have been everything that we are longing and hoping it to be when the Messiah comes. So 
Uh, but all that changed when the golden calf happened. Uh, what also happened at that moment is that Moshe cast the tablets down. The tablets were made out of sapphire uh, by God himself, written by the finger of God. They had uh, the holy Torah on them. And uh, they, were, they were destroyed. They were, they were broken into a, a thousand pieces. So what happened next is that Moshe went up to the mountain to try to make teshuva for the children of Israel. And God told him, hey, listen, I'm going to forgive you, but you need to cut out for yourself tablets, this time made out of earthly stone that you yourself are going to cut out. And I'll write on them. Some of the sages disagree, I should, I should add. And they say that Moses actually wrote on the tablets. Uh, there is a little ambiguity there, so it, one could say that the tablets, the writing included, was completely man-made this time. And then you could say, well, they, they, the, the writing was God, but uh, the, 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 the forming of the tablets was man. Either way, it's of a lesser degree. So it says here, on Av 29, this is a comment from the Chumash, on the 29th of Av, at the end of Moshe's second 40-day period on the Mount Sinai, God agreed to give a second set of tablets to Israel. This time, however, the stone tablets themselves would not be the handiwork of God. Instead, Moses was commanded to carve out the stone cubes and bring them to the mountain, whereupon God would inscribe the commandments on them. This change was a reflection of the lowered status of the nation. The first time, they were completely amiable to God's will. They had said, Naseh Venishma. We will do and we will hear from 24-7, meaning that they had transformed themselves into instruments of God's will. Because they had reached an exalted spiritual state in which their bodies, not only their souls, were suffused with godliness, this was reflected in the physical tablets which were fashioned by the hand of God. Now, however, despite their repentance and Moshe's successful prayers, they were no longer on that level. It would be for them to perfect themselves with constant effort to lift themselves back to where they had been, a task that will be completed when we merit the coming of Messiah. Therefore, Moses was commanded to fashion new tablets, and God would inscribe the Ten Commandments on them. should also point out that it's believed that these second set of tablets, um, these second set of tablets, uh, only had the Ten Commandments on them, whereas the first set of tablets had the entire Torah. Again, there's uh, debate about that, discussion about that, but the, 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 the main point remains, which is that these tablets were of a lesser status and that we will not be able to attain the uh, perfected status until Messiah comes. Okay? So what does that mean? It means that the Torah that we have today is the same Torah that was written on the sapphire tablets, but it is, it is the same form, but not the same substance. Meaning that we, you can, you can uh, follow the Torah today 100%, and yet you are still not going to be able to overcome the sin of the golden calf uh, until Mashiach comes. So this is why we need Messiah. Mashiach is the restored tablets. He is, he is the original sapphire tab tablets, and in him we have that complete renewal. Okay? This is why in the Midrashic literature it says that Mashiach ben Yosef will come and will die for the sins of Israel and be resurrected, Mashiach ben David, and will then come and reign. This is why we need Messiah. Okay? 
But having faith in Messiah does not mean that we are exempt from following Torah. And the, the Bible makes clear, that there's a reference in Jonah, it says that, uh, that when God saw the deeds of the Ninevites, he forgave them, not, not their faith, not their heart, but he saw their deeds. Also in 1 Kings 8, 39-40, King Shlomo is praying, and he says that, that God should uh, deal with, uh, with each man according to all he does. So there's a concept within Judaism, and Mashiach talked about it in Luke 10 and other places, that basically, uh, if you have faith, real faith, then that will be expressed in your obedience to the Torah. We also have in Ezekiel, three different places where it says, the Mashiach will cleanse us, purify us, and cause us to walk in his Torah. So uh, basically, when it comes to, are you saved by your works? It's a little bit of a theological football because, no, we're not saved by our works. But then again, if we don't have works, then it's a proof that we're not really saved, right? But you cannot say that if you only have the Torah that we have today, that you're okay without Mashiach because you still have a lesser Torah, okay? And and, and look, Jews know this. They know that uh, when Mashiach comes, he's going to restore them. He's going to forgive them. This is found in numerous places in Midrashic literature, okay? So it's not anything new. Now, you might be asking yourself, well, what about, uh, what about the Orthodox Jews who, who follow the Torah, but yet they don't understand that Messiah, Yeshua, is the actual Messiah? What do we do about them? We've got to get them saved and born again, etc., etc., etc. Listen, I don't know. Hashem is going to deal with them. You're talking about a fraction of the people on the face of the earth, a small fraction. I can tell you that somebody who is actually following the Torah today, 100%, um, is completely different than Joe the Gentile next door who's not following the Torah. That per Joe the Gentile definitely needs to be reached. The Orthodox Jew, uh, you know, Hashem, uh, Hashem will, will reach them in his own time. Remember, they, we go back to this scenario of the brothers and Joseph, uh, that uh, Joseph revealed himself to his brothers privately with no one else in the room. And Joseph, of course, represents Mashiach ben Yosef, and therefore, we could say that the revelation to the brothers was something that God did supernaturally, uh, not by the work of missionaries. Okay? So just something to consider about that. Now, what about the person who is a convert to Judaism uh, and has come to faith, come to a knowledge of Torah through Messiah Yeshua? Uh, obviously, um, you are in a very high place. Uh, not high as in haughty, but high as in, in holy and blessed. And you cannot revert back. So you can't go from the sapphire tablets back to the stone tablets. You can go from the stone tablets to the sapphire tablets, but not in the reverse, okay? So that's not going to work out for you uh, that way. Uh, also, this, this uh, faith wor versus works uh, false theology or false dichotomy uh, carries with it the concept that, um, or it, it propagates the lie, I should say, that, um, that, that we, we cannot live a sinless life. The fact of the matter is we can absolutely live a sinless life. The problem is we choose not to, and that's unfortunate, but the fact remains is that we can and we could, and one day we will um, in, in the, uh, the age to come. Also, we, don't, we, get, we find it uncomfortable when we, we feel like we are being um, 
told that we have to follow the Torah. Many people feel uncomfortable about that. Why? Because if we just rely upon our faith alone, then it removes personal responsibility and accountability. And we can say, well, you know, I don't really follow the Torah, but it's okay because God knows my heart, I have faith in Him, etc., etc., so I don't have any real accountability in the matter. And that's not good either. Uh, so those are all points to consider, but really what I wanted to, um, to express today and leave you with, and hopefully people will hear this and it will it'll help them understand, is that, um, you know, Yeshua is the Torah, okay? Um, he is the, the Messiah. He's the Torah made flesh. Um, and, and again, people naturally have a, a question as to why we need him if we have Torah observance, like Orthodox Torah observance, which we, we are Orthodox Jews in Messiah, so nothing against Orthodoxy whatsoever. But the answer to the question, again, is the fact that going back to the second set of tablets. We need Mashiach in order to restore us to the days of uh, us standing before Mount Sinai. Every Jew needs that, which is why every Jew, uh, even if you're an Orthodox Jew and so on, you still have to, quote-unquote, convert in Messiah. So that's interesting. Why would you have to convert in Messiah? Well, the same reason why we converted in Messiah at Mount Sinai. We came out of Egypt. Everybody was Jewish. But yet we went to Sinai and we immersed in a mikveh and we got re ready to receive the Torah. And the sages say we all became converts. Well, how, why would you need to become a convert? We're all Jews. We already had the Pesach Seder. How, we just had Pesach. We're all circumcised. How now, why now we have to, uh, to convert? And the reason is because uh, we're about to receive the Sapphire Tablets. So, moving forward to the Gospel times, this is why Yeshua and the Apostles went about telling all Jews, remember they're, they're preaching the Jews, not the Gentiles, uh, and the reason they weren't preaching the Gentiles is because it wasn't time to preach the Gentiles yet to get converted, but right now they're just talking to Jews, and they're running around saying, you need to go to the mikveh. Why in the mikveh? I'm Jewish. Why do I need to go to the mikveh? Because you're about to transition. Water in Judaism represents a point of transition. You're about to transition from the stone tablets to the sapphire tablets, and you need to convert. This is why we need Mashiach. So, uh, I just want to leave you with that. That, uh, that faith and works absolutely work together. Obviously, this is what Yaakov was writing in his letter. And this is why we need Mashiach. So hopefully, prayerfully, this is a comfort to you and a clarity to you. And I just want to encourage you to continue living for Messiah, uh, living that Torah life in Mashiach and, uh, and searching for truth. Toda Yom Tov. May you have a beautiful, wonderful, and blessed day.